Hello and welcome to another episode of Agency Journey. This is Andrew, and today I'm so excited to bring you a conversation that Gray has with Luke Truen. Luke is the founder of Modern Visual, and in this conversation they discuss their evolution from a strict website design agency into a company that offers back-end system integrations. Luke put it this way, everything that happens after traffic in a business. He connects those things, provides custom solutions for companies in that space. And they talk about finding the courage to say no to services that you don't want to offer and yes to the ones that you love to offer. And a great quote that Luke shared from this podcast was that he no longer has to say that he loves half of his business. He can now say he loves his whole business. He also talks about the evolution from a staffing perspective and how his mindset has changed to attract and hire high value, high impact talent today and the impact that that's had on his business. They are a rock and rolling HubSpot partner in Australia. They're doing really, really great work there. And in this interview, you'll learn a lot of nuggets on how to continue to focus and evolve your business as the environment, the business environment around you continues to evolve and change. So without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, welcome back to Agency Journey. This week, I've got the pleasure of bringing on Luke Truen, who's the managing director at a growth agency called Modern Visual, um, based out of Australia. Luke, you're in Victoria? Yes, I am. Okay. How far are you from Melbourne? I am in Melbourne and we are in lockdown. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. So what is, um, how long have you guys been in lockdown now? So we've been in lockdown for altogether, ooh, since April, I think it's been. So what's okay. that, like six months yep. roughly? Yep. It's, um, I was just talking with someone today in the UK who said they're headed for a second lockdown. Um, so it's been interesting to see who's been in and come out and trying to go back into it seems like a super challenging thing. I know here in the States where, you know, we've got folks who I think would advocate for potentially going into a second lockdown. And I think that there's enough momentum lost or sacrificed that, that it's, it's not going to happen or not be followed if it, if it does happen. So it's going to be interesting to see how things develop here. But anyways, coronavirus aside here is we're recording this in end of September 2020. Welcome to the podcast. I'm, I'm grateful for you coming on and spending some time with me. Really appreciate the opportunity and I'm looking forward to having a good, good discussion today. So I want to go back in your history a little bit here. You started Modern Visual 2014, I think. But tell me if I got this right. Prior to that, you're making a decent chunk of change as a teenager via AdSense off the backs of an MSN messenger bot you built. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I, I guess I've been into computers for a long time and it's always been a passion. Uh, early 2000s, mum bought us our first real computer with the internet, uh, probably a little bit later than some of my peers. Uh, very, very quickly got into the whole online world. Uh, like you mentioned, um, got into coding, built an MSN messenger robot that got quite popular, had a web hosting business running, I was uh, running game servers on that server, uh, hosting friends, hosting customers, uh, generating money from AdSense from the, the robot's website that was generating a lot of traffic. Uh, I was then using the funds from that to buy a whole heap of sweet toys, but also uh, buying items off eBay and then selling those at school for a profit on top of the profit I'd already made. So. Um, you know, the Jackass and Bear Margera Hardogram mer merchandise that was quite popular back then. Uh, selling all that at school, like wristbands and Zippo lighters and stuff like that as well. That is wild. So, which I just had Zeb Evans, the CEO at ClickUp, 
on the podcast and he was just talking about how from the age of four, he was an entrepreneur at heart. Like everything was entrepreneurial and kind of seen from that angle. So for you, I could see this going in two directions. I'm curious which one it was. Were you entrepreneurial first or did it come as an accident? Like was the bot built out of something that you needed and the hosting because you wanted to host your own games or was that built more from, was that from an interest perspective or more from an entrepreneurial opportunity perspective? It definitely came, it wasn't about making money. It was all about having fun. And I, I, I think to look at it simply, it's about I do this and then I get this result. Uh, so I write this code and then that turns into this real visual interactive thing. I just think that concept is quite cool. And even when you think about a website, you know, you're creating something from nothing. It's a very similar concept. That is very true. My first company was a, a web hosting company as well. Um, back during college and then, you know, doing uh, some really small web design projects initially and use that to help work my way through school. Um, but that's, that's the piece that I love is just, you learn something, you apply it and there's the instant gratification, the super fast feedback loop, um, which I think is a big hook. And for a lot of folks from our general generation, I think that's, that's been a hook to pull them into this space. What, what worked really well was everything I did back then attracted people. They wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to be on my team. Um, and I, I see that as being very similar to my business and my companies now where you, you're doing something great. People want to be a part of that and they want to know how they can help. And that, that very much happened when I was 13 years of age as much as it's happening now. Yeah. So I'm curious, you just mentioned companies and that's a little thread I want to pull on for a second. Um, you've got Modern Visual which we'll talk about kind of where the agency is and what you're specialized in right now in a second. But um, other companies, I think I saw you have a hosting company as well. Yeah. So we've got a, a cloud hosting company specialized in just your standard web hosting domains, SSL, G Suite, um, all the usual stuff. And my wife, I guess I've handed that business to her to run and she runs that business alongside raising our three and a half year old daughter. That's awesome. Congratulations as well. Um, so with the agency right now, let's just kind of walk through where modern visual is. You were mentioning to me right before we hit record here, um, how you had this transition from kind of starting to going to full service to retreating from full service. Can you walk us through that journey? Yeah, sure. So I started the business in 2014. I actually started on the side of my day job. So I was working in a factory as a printer. Um, I did that for a long time, probably close to 10 years, a little bit less, uh, and I just got sick of being, um, I guess, in Groundhog Day. I was working in the factory, running a printing press. I had a boss. Uh, I, I almost felt like I just wanted to get out and explore the world. And obviously, I had that little online life in my early teens. And I had to retreat that um, when my mum was telling me I had to get a real job. And she didn't understand what was going on. And I was sort of halfway through my teen years. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I started Modern Visual, as I said, on the side of my day job. Um, my old boss um, happened to um, call for me one day and said, Luke, you're into this tech stuff. Um, I just had this website bit built. Um, what, what do you think of it? What's, what's it worth? I said, oh, probably worth about 500 bucks. And he goes, I just paid six grand for this. And that was just an absolute light bulb for me because that was way more than my earnings a month from my day job in one website. And I'm thinking, I used to build websites back in the day. You know, it can't be that hard. So I raced home and... I had a look at websites and I said, oh, WordPress, what's this WordPress thing? We used to build them from HTML back in the day. And oh my God, there's templates as well. This is so easy. I could, I could actually make extra cash on, on the side from this. Um, and I was already sort of running a little hosting business on the side of my day job at the same time. It was probably earning me $300 a year. It was literally nothing. 
And I went back to my boss and said, um, yeah, I can do websites now. If you know anyone that needs one, um, just let me know. I'm happy to help. And it was only three weeks later that my boss said, oh, I've got a friend of mine that needs a website built. He owns a mattress business. Um, go and see him after work if you want. So I went and saw um, my, my boss's best friend and um, he needed a website. I said, yep, 900 bucks. I'll build your website. And uh, yeah, that was my very first website customer um, I had for Modern Visual. And I was still working in the factory, but over the period of 12 months, um, I really put it out there in my personal network through Facebook and um, family that I, I can build websites and I can also host them as well. And um, after 12 months, I went full time with Modern Visual and left my day job. They were very supportive, so I'm very appreciative of that to this day. Um, many, um, you know, many times I was locking myself in the cupboard at work and pretending that um, I was I was very busy and I, I had to speak to the client later when in fact I was actually at my day job and I had to wait till after work till I could actually speak to them properly. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of fake it till you make it back then. And um, as I said, 12 months after um, starting Modern Visual, I went full time with it. I hired my first employee after three months, um, hired my second employee after eight months. We, we went from just web design and hosting to then offering email marketing and social media management. Um, and I managed to score a contract with a, a good friend of mine who um, needed that for his business. So that allowed me to hire that third employee to run those services. And then over the years we progressed and we brought on more and more services. We offered Google ads, SEO, and we became what you'd call obviously a, a full service agency. And, um, what I found was that we were probably um, spinning too many plates. We were trying to be everything to everyone. And, you know, this is my, um, I guess, first real business, you could say, in the real world as an adult. And um, I'd never worked in another agency before. I'd never worked in an office before. This was my first office job was my, my own business. I was working in a factory. So uh, I learned very quickly that you can't be everything to everyone well. And we also found that a lot of the services um, that we didn't want to do weren't as profitable as the service that we really loved, which was the website of things. So a uh, number of years ago, I stripped back uh, all those marketing services. And now we focus on everything that happens after traffic. So instead of coming into a business from a marketing or an agency point of view, we come in and say that we're platform consultants. We want to audit your systems and we want to help you either create, implement or integrate the systems in your business, which could be, your website, your marketing automation or your CRM, um, your production system, which could be like an app or a project management tool, such as ClickUp, um, and then your servicing, so which is like your ticket system, your surveys, your knowledge base, stuff like that. And we're obviously also a HubSpot partner, which ties in quite nicely with that. So that, that's quite a journey. First of all, congratulations. Your first website project was three times what mine was. I sold a, actually, I sold a $325 website as my first one <laughs> and got a check for $300. And at the time was too afraid to even question what I was getting paid after slaving away on it for a couple, for weeks and weeks. Oh, um, that that's awesome. So that rundown is really interesting. I guess I've got a couple uh, immediate questions that popped to mind. The first one is what prompted the decision to say, Hey, maybe this full service thing is not actually, was that just experience where it wasn't working? Was that working with an advisor or some, something that you heard? How did that transition happen for you? Yeah, great question. I've always had a business coach working with me in the background. I've had two coaches over time. One was on a 12-month program two years ago that was really intense and that was great. And then I've also had another coach that's worked with me for probably five years. Uh, he's there for when I need him, you could say. Uh, it's not like we're on a program and that's been really good to have someone like him to bounce off. But also having mentors to bounce off has been absolutely critical in getting me to where I am. Uh, the reason I guess we stepped away from being full service 
you know, for me, my passion lies in the technology side of things, the, the web side of things. Um, it's what I was doing when I was a young kid and um, it's always been with me, something I really love. I just found that the marketing side of things, so like, again, the Google ads, the Facebook ads, you know, I, I'm jumping in the Facebook ad manager. I'm just thinking it's just not for me. It's it's not what I love. I jump in the Google ads back end. It's not me. Obviously, we offered them and, you know, we're really great at them and we had the right people running those services. Uh, I just found as a leader, I wasn't across them as much as I was the website of things. And I thought, well, if we, we, we can grow our business or at least sustain the level that we got to by getting rid of the services that we don't love or I don't love we, and replace them with the ones that we do. And that's very much what we've done. And it was a little bit scary to, I guess, wean away from a lot of the reoccurring revenue we had to replace that with project-based work. Um, but it was the best thing we ever did. I, I can now wake up and instead of thinking, I love half of my business, I can say, I love my entire business. Mm. That's interesting. Let me ask you a couple of questions about that, that um, I, I guess to, to push on those a little bit. One is you said, Hey, we transitioned away from being full service. To be honest, my first reaction when I hear um, that we'll tackle you know, the web stuff, we'll tackle the CRM, we'll tackle the production side of things, that there's still a good amount of services um, being offered. So maybe that might be wrong and correct me if it is, but do you scope that down in terms of the types of businesses that you're working with in order to try to manage how much you're trying to learn and do? Or is it scoped down by a certain tech stack that you specialize in and implement? How do you kind of keep that scope of what of the services that you deliver from expanding and, and getting right back into the situation you were in as a full services firm um, where we're, we're providing services that we're just not that great at? Yeah, so I always like to think that I've got the right levers to pull or levers, however you'd say it. Um, I guess we have a number of referral partners in place now where we have a business we can send people to for SEO or Google ads or Facebook ads and at different price points too. So if we have someone that's on more of a budget, then we have a specific um, Facebook ads representative that we can send them to. And then if there's a bigger budget requirement, then we have a specialist for that. So um, it, it allows us to still provide a solution to the clients, um, but we're not, not obviously performing all of the work. Um, so we sort of bring in those, those people to help. And I feel like that's probably where um, a lot of things are heading. There's a lot more trust um, in dealing with multiple businesses because of the way that we can all collaborate together through technology. Um, HubSpot's a prime example of where multiple um, businesses can all uh, work together in the platform. Right. I think that's a key point that you hit on is your job, especially if you're going to be a strategist or a specialist rather, and be able to demand a price premium for um, for the services that you offer is to have a solution that takes people from their current painful, painful state to their desired future outcome. And your, the services that you offer, the journey that you lead a client on should be the shortest path between those two points. And you're responsible for mapping and identifying that. The thing that so many agencies get wrong is that every single one of those points, it feels like, well, we need to be able to provide the solution to. And that's hundred percent, not the case. You're so right that, uh, using partnerships in the right way and having the right fit for the clients, um, you can still take them on that journey and you do not need to provide every, uh, every service set to get them there. So that's, that's a really interesting point. On the HubSpot side, I'm, I'm curious, um, is that the bulk of the business right now is working inside the CMS? Um, you guys uh, obviously are, um, you know, you, I think recently became 
um, partner or got the advanced CMS implementation uh, partnership certification. Is that what's kind of the bulk of the business at this point? It's a combination. Um, we're, we're very entrenched in the HubSpot ecosystem and community and every day that's becoming more and more a part of our business. Uh, however, we do still um, create a lot of custom solutions that aren't HubSpot orientated. So um, we, we might build, for example, a portal for a client in uh, WordPress or even something like CodeIgniter or um, Laravel, Spark or something like that. So we, we typically look at the solution first and then the platform second. And HubSpot's actually really big on that as well, is ensuring that, hey, you know, yes, obviously you should love HubSpot, but at the same time, maybe we're not the right solution for the client. So uh, we always look at it uh, from a what's the best approach based on the client's goals and needs point of view. And uh, that just means that currently our business is um, probably 50% HubSpot, 50% non-HubSpot. Um, we, we obviously look at all the, all the different sort of components, um, which could be like a Slack or a ClickUp, or we also do a lot of um, apps using Google App Sheet um, for our clients as well. They're quite popular. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a large number of different platforms that we, we use um, for our clients. Uh, but I guess to talk about the advanced um, CMS implementation partnership that we got, um, we're very fortunate to be the only partner in Australia and New Zealand that uh, managed to pass and, and receive that certification. So we're very humbled by that um, and I actually set myself a goal 12 months ago. I, I said, and I actually said this to uh, my representative at HubSpot, I said, I wanna be the go-to CMS partner in Australia for HubSpot. And I literally got off a, a Zoom call with um, Kevin that runs uh, HubSpot in Australia and New Zealand this morning. And I told him that I had that goal and he said, well, you've done it. <laughs> so that was a really good moment to know that, um, you know, I, I achieved the goal there of, becoming the go-to partner in Australia and New Zealand for Hub CMS. And uh, I feel like that area is going to really improve. And the Hub CMS platform is still quite new. And I feel like we're going to help them pioneer that area um, of their business and um, base that on, I guess, all the, all the skills that we have and the, the work that we have done to date. That's an awesome win for the agency. Congratulations on the certification and, um, and passing that. I know uh, a couple other firms uh, in North America, uh, we've gone through that and I know that there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and to that, what in terms of reaching that goal, any specific pieces that you feel like led to that, um, kind of be achieving that goal? I think the, there's a few different pieces and a big part of it is obviously like making opportunities for yourself as much as you can talk to as many people as you can, um, get involved with the communities, get in front of as many people as you can, the second thing is to obviously have a really, really good team and invest in your people. Don't be afraid to spend more on quality staff, get people with the right attitude, um, people that are, are willing to have the can-do attitude and, um, you know, might put in a few more hours um, to get something like a certification. There's obviously a lot of steps that were involved to pass that, a lot of a lot of work additionally to the work we do day-to-day -day that had to go into that. So, um, you know, in the past I've had, staff that um, were probably more concerned about themselves than the business and it has to be a mutual relationship. So um, you always want to be getting team members that again, like don't be afraid to pay more for, for a more expensive team member because you'll get that money back uh, tenfold by having them. What is your, I'm curious to know kind of at, at least at a high level, what your sales funnel or like where your opportunities come from right now? I think there's a, a lot of agencies. I, I feel like there's, probably what you just said 
is received, uh, that's more polarizing than you might think it is. There's half or, you know, there's some segment of listeners right now who are established enough as an agency that they're nodding their head along and saying, that's absolutely true. I wish I'd done that earlier. We tried to go, you know, we, we made mistakes by not investing enough into people at the beginning. And then there's another segment of the audience who's earlier on in the journey and like, okay, that's fine for you to say, Luke, because you guys are at where you're at and now you can afford to do that. You've got some cash in the bank. Uh, but for us, we're just trying to make a buy right now. So how do we justify paying prices that we don't? Uh, I'm curious to know, like, um, as you've gotten to that point, uh, how that might've changed, because I think the investment in people also is not always purely a financial in terms of what, what can we pay people um, in salary, but has your thinking on that changed over time or how have you approached that as the business has grown here over the last six plus years? Yeah, really good question. And to be honest, a few years ago, I would have thought, Oh, how the hell would I've ever afforded people that I've got now? Like it would have been a pipe dream to be able to afford that. And even coming on board with HubSpot a few years ago, I looked at HubSpot years before that and I thought, wow, that's expensive software. I've got no chance in ever being able to afford that for my business. <laughs> so as your business matures and it grows, you're obviously, your perception of what a dollar's worth changes and what you can afford changes. Um, and I always sort of think that there's two ways to look at it. You can um, obviously trade your time for money, which is hiring people, um, or you can use your own time. And even we sell it to clients as well. You know, if they can't afford a, a great website or marketing or whatever it may be, you unfortunately have to trade your time instead, which comes down to cold calling, um, door knocking, putting yourself out there and putting in the manual labor to, to get the business. And there is some little hacks that you can do. Um, and one of the things that I, I guess, strategically did quite well was I actually set up a lot of relationships with intermediaries and what an intermediary is, is a business that has a large client database that you can tap into. So if you're approaching one prospect, you're getting one deal. If you're approaching a intermediary, which could be like an accounting firm, it could be an IT provider, someone that has a database of clients themselves, um, it's potentially tapping into thousands of clients with one relationship instead. So that that's something that I've done that's really, really helped um, me obviously scale the agency and, and grow quite rapidly. And, and it's all about providing value to those businesses. So it might be doing free webinars or, um, you know, free advice or free consultations for their clients um, and empowering them to be able to offer your services as well. So presenting to all of their staff, um, making it mutually beneficial. That makes a ton of sense. I think the partnerships and co-marketing opportunities, finding people who share the same audience with complementary solutions is a no brainer. And it's still, there's people, um, Brian Harris at growth tools, uh, you know, so much of their business model is predicated on teaching people how to take advantage of that. And even as businesses sprout up around it, it's still a massively underutilized channel um, out there. I think, I think that's a great piece of advice for agencies is to find folks where you can add value by educating their audience and making them look good at the same time that you're getting in front of folks. Um, I know that's been a big channel for us, especially here this year, being able to share with, and because we're hyper-focused on the agency operations side, there's so many people. And, and what I like, there's some similarities here, Luke, between our businesses, we're hyper-focused on helping agencies on the operational side. 90% of the consultant or 80, 80 plus percent of the consultant uh, space is in the, in the agency world is focused on the business development and lead generation side of things. 
So automatically we're not competitive with the vast majority of agency consultants out there aside from other, other, other people. And you are kind of in a similar situation by stepping out of what happens to get people to the site, uh, to traffic. You've got all these folks, all these partnerships that that opens up, but really regardless of service set, there's always, um, folks who have the same audience, but a larger developed audience with complementary either services or products. That and we, and we, we also, obviously, now that we're more mature, have other channels besides that. Um, we, we get a lot of leads from HubSpot as well because of the fact that we've created that partnership with HubSpot and their staff. Uh, we obviously do quite well with our own SEO. Um, there's obviously inbound marketing. There's referral word of mouth. There's paid traffic. So, you know, it all comes down to when you, as you mature, you're able to bring in further channels. We also have sales team members that cold call for us now and do outbound sales activity and network. Um, but when you're starting, you've just got to be really clever and efficient with how you, how you do generate um, a larger volume of business. Right. Right. That makes sense. So I'm going to go back to something you said a couple minutes ago around kind of the service set, um, you know, it might be on the CRM side. It might be on the production side. It might be, um, building something in Laravel or code igniter or, um, some type of backend tool or, um, or dashboard or interface for yourselves, uh, either as an agency or a tool that you'd like to use for clients. Are there any, um, I like to ask people like, you know, are there one or two or a handful, a couple lesser known tools in your tech stack that are powerful that, that folks may not be aware of or might be underutilized? I think there's a number of tools that people might be aware of already, but they may not be using them as efficiently or as optimally as they could be. Uh, we're really big on integrations and making sure that everything in your tech stack talks to one another. And we've created obviously our own case study for our business. Um, and even with COVID-19 at the moment, um, we're all forced to work from home literally overnight from our office Um and it was just a real testament that our systems really held up and allowed us to continue working as normal um, throughout the period. And we still are now all working remotely out of nowhere. The systems are really holding up the fort really well. Um, some of our go-to go -to tools are um, obviously the, the usual ones like Slack and um, ClickUp and uh, HubSpot um, for the, obviously marketing automation, funnels, um, landing pages, the, the sales, CRM, etc. I think the main thing that we've done well is integrated these systems together to create one seamless super system. Uh, and that, that just means that the journey for both the customer and our team is very seamless from the very first interaction on our website um, right through to obviously the sale um, and then the production and getting the work done and then through to obviously feedback and also ensuring that that person is always engaged with our business. One, one of the things we do really well is uh, we celebrate the wins remotely. So if we get um, client feedback through our NPS system, our net promoter score system or any surveys that feeds into Slack. So the entire team can see that we've obviously got a, a good, um, a good feedback score. Um, any deals that our team won, our, our sales team win, they feed into Slack so everybody can see that, um, you know, someone's won a deal. Um, so we, we've done really well to celebrate all the wins remotely, which is something you get and you take for granted in the office. Everyone can celebrate that win. Um, so that's something we've done really well. Um, I'm also working on a system. We've pretty much finished it now. It's actually a, uh, a client management portal. And this is something I actually ran Justin through and he was really in love with it. Um, just allowing, instead of um, 
working on projects with clients through email, um, it's, a, it's an interface that might complement something like a ClickUp um, to run through a project with a client. So that's something that we've been rolling out and trialing with our clients and we've got some really good feedback so far on that. Well, you're still on my next question. I was going to ask you, does that mean you're pulling clients into Slack or into ClickUp directly? But it sounds like email and then you're building your own custom portal. Yeah, we are. So um, just one of the challenges any agency faces, if, if you have a project that goes over a longer period of time, a larger web project, say, um, or even an ongoing retainer, um, I guess the client might feel a little bit disengaged if they've forgotten how far they've come from or where they're heading or what they, sometimes even what you asked the business owner last week, they might forget what you even asked them. So this, this portal um, allows for a project's information to be kept in one place. It's super tidy with all the milestones and the tasks similar to ClickUp has. But again, this is more a reference point for our account managers and our clients to interact together and uh, really collaborate on projects. Interesting. Any thought towards productizing that? Definitely. It's definitely on the roadmap to become a SaaS product. And um, yeah, very excited about where that's heading. That's awesome. What, um, so maybe just real quickly on that point, um, is it pulling or will it pull automatically integrate where it's pulling from ClickUp or pulling from other PMs or is it going to be manually updated? Yeah. So, uh, the, I guess the, the initial concepts are manual, but the intention is for that to automatically pull from ClickUp feed communication to HubSpot, um, issue invoices through accounting software. Um, we've definitely got all that intention there to, uh, add those in very, very soon. Makes sense. Awesome. Well, I'd love to stay in the loop and, and see how that develops. As, as we look forward here, we're creeping up on Q4 um, and into 2021. As you look at kind of taking modern visual, you just achieved a huge milestone with the, um, the HubSpot, you know, continuing the HubSpot partnership and the advanced CMS implementation side of things. What's the biggest thing you're focused on improving at the agency right now? Yeah, so I've just brought in a general manager and the reason for that is I feel like as an owner of a business, you can do well to run your business and keep your staff motivated and obviously keep on top of productivity, but you only can take that so far and you really need someone in the business that their sole role is to obviously drive that production and that productivity and mentor the team. So our really big focus is to uh, increase the efficiency in the business, um, obviously being thrown into remote work. Yes, the system's held up, but at the same time, we would, uh, you know, six months ago, collaborate in our boardroom on a really technical integration for a client. And we don't have that, um, that luxury at the moment. So um, that's meant that we've had to focus more on efficiency and how we do things. Um, so with the influx of growth that we're, we're having at the moment, obviously a big part of that's the HubSpot um, CMS implementation certification that we've received we've received a larger number of leads than we normally would be that are seeking larger projects which is a, an amazing and great thing and that's what we wanted um, but our, our challenge is to ensure that um, the, the throughput is still occurring and we're, we're receiving the work as quickly as we're finishing the work that makes sense Luke as we're wrapping up here for this episode love, love to bring you on in the future as well I think bringing in a general manager someone else to run it you've obviously grown it um, you've gone through some like pretty significant iterations in a relatively short period of time. I know in the day-to-day, -day, nothing feels like a short period of time. Six years 
if you just look at it on a day-to-day basis, feels like a long time, but then you look back and time flies by. Um, I do think most agency owners need to go through this transition where if you're the person who can grow it quickly and try things fast and figure out how we're going to pivot and adjust and reposition um, through this experience, at some point you hit a place where, okay, we've got a business model that's actually pretty good. We need someone to execute that and, and run. And I think that transition to kind of bringing in someone as a general manager um, to say, Hey, we've got a We've got a pretty good system in place. Let's run this and let's scale this. And let's, we're going to keep iterating. There's always going to be an innovation component to the business. Um, but we've got a services business where we should be cranking some volume through this. I think that's a really shrewd move. Um, so kudos to you for, for making that transition and continuing to invest in the team. As far as your journey from here, any specific asks that you'd have from us, um, anywhere people should follow you, anything you'd like to point folks to? Um, yeah, you can check out our website, modernvisual.com.au. Um, I'm on Instagram, Luke Truen, T-R-E-W-I-N. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, if any folks had any questions, I'm more than happy to help anyone out. Um, you can email me. It's luke at modernvisual.com.au. Um, my, my whole thing is um, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of mentors to date and I feel like I, I'm in a position to be able to pass on uh, information to others and help them on their journey. Awesome. Luke, you've been generous with your time and, and uh, insight. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation that Gray and Luke had today on how to focus your service offering to deliver services that you love, how to build a team to make that happen. Now, question for you. If you are an agency that feels stuck in chaos where you're growing and you're growing, but you don't have the confidence that your client delivery can live up to the expectations that you're promising clients and really your your operations feels like a messy kitchen that you'd never want to bring your dinner guests back into to see how the sausage is actually made. If that's you, if you feel that internal chaos, I want you to reach out to us over at zenpilot.com. We are operations experts for digital agencies and we can help you sort through that chaos, organize your processes and systems, get project management working for you and train your whole team on how to use that new system all to help you cancel chaos inside your organization so you can focus your time on serving your clients and serving your team well and to build a business that actually serves you at the end of the day. So if you're interested in learning more about that stuff, head over to zenpilot.com. And until next time, we'll see you later.